0: What's up, guys? Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about some game-changing coffee. Strava Craft Coffee is a CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. The reviews are incredible, so make sure you check them out. What you'll find is that this CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It's helped decrease anxiety, whatever it is, you name it. CBD is an all-natural and non-psychoactive ingredient. The coffee is rich and tasty. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the code BSN2019 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. Let's jump into the show.
1: Broncos country is yes. sitting in the south stands, drinking the curse from my high. The best part of the weekend, hugging. The day it is, Henry? What day is it, Ryan? Not hump day. Well, I mean, it is, though, right? It is hump day. Okay, yeah. But
0: it's actually We Get Mad Wednesday.
1: I love We Get Mad Wednesday. This is actually my first... No, this is my second We Get
0: Mad Wednesday. What did you guys get mad about two Wednesdays ago? That's what I'm trying to remember. Was it the
1: Philip Lindsay? I think it was the Philip Lindsay, ranking him 23rd or 26th or whatever he was. How mad were you? I was pretty mad. It was pretty
0: bad. That, That
1: was... Yeah, well, it was more just confusing because there was the other stuff, like, he was still ahead of David Johnson. Like, yeah, he was, he was still ahead of Mark Ingram. What were these rankings? They're, they've all been terrible. We've been talking about these NFL.com rankings. They just keep ranking things, and they never make
0: any sense. You know how we always talk about how whenever they rank them super low, they, like, only say nice things about them? Yes. Well, remember how we were talking yesterday, how the uh, PFF ranked the Broncos offensive line 12th?
1: See, that's how this thing, like, that's how they mess everything up. Because now Broncos fans are saying, oh, look, yeah. The, the, they they right. like respect us and then, then everybody else in the league
0: is like seriously you put us behind the broncos so i went and read that article and it didn't say any nice things about the broncos offensive line
1: i can't blame them
0: but how did they rank them 12th then like it's like I the opposite know. of the other thing they're like vic fangio is the worst coach in the league and then you read the thing and it's like vic fangio is an amazing coordinator he just put together an amazing staff and then it's like philip Lindsay is the 23rd running back in the nfl and it just gushes about philip Lindsay well this was like He's like, the Broncos offensive line is like 12th overall. And it was like, Garrett Bowles is still a huge question mark. Connor McGovern really struggled at center last year. Uh, Dalton Reisner is extremely young. Ron Leary is never healthy. And Juwan James is decent. I'm like, and that's 12. 12th. That's what, I guess that's just an indictment on how bad offensive lines are in the NFL. It has to be. But that's not what I want to get mad about today. What do you want to get mad about, Ryan? I assume you did your homework. I definitely did my homework. So no Spoilers. No spoilers. Well, spoilers if you haven't caught this week's episode. You, and I, I can't believe that anybody wouldn't have watched this week's episode yet. No, everyone who listens to this podcast also watches The Bachelorette religiously <laughs> because they want to they know what's going on. Every, you have to know, want to know what's going on. It's time for Hannah B to step up and make some decisions. Seriously. Because I'm not sitting here trying to spend two hours of my precious life watching that show to see no one get sent home.
1: Nothing happened. The show did not progress at all.
0: And I've used this before, but it's the same thing as a football game ending in a tie. It should not happen. Everyone wasted their time. There's injuries, heartbreak, whatever. They lay it all out there on the field and no one loses? Someone's got to lose. Yeah,
1: somebody has to lose.
0: Someone has to lose. And you know what? Jed is a bag. We know that Jed is a
1: bag. We are definitely anti-Jed. And we... I mean. The only redeeming thing, like, the reason we don't get mad about Hannah for Jed is that she doesn't know.
0: Yeah, exactly. But I actually sympathize with him. He's like, what, you're saying I tied with with Luke P? Are you kidding me?
1: Yeah, no. That's terrible. I mean, because all Luke P has is, like, an incredible body. And then, like, that's it. Like, a decent beard, a great body. And Hannah V is so into it. Like... (laughs) His Everybody else is
0: really good on my nerves. Oh my god! All He's got him. like All bright, him. bright blonde hair, and then like black eyebrows. He's just like
1: weirdly muscular, though. Like his face, just the shape of his face. I I don't get how she would be into that. I I don't know. He doesn't look like a person.
0: So, anyways, we went through the whole episode. Hannabie couldn't pull the trigger, which Ugh. I love Hannabie. I mean, is this gonna that's happen the again? Worst thing she's done so far. Yeah. Wh- what are we gonna do? It's just yeah. everlasting season. Now never that the ends.
1: precedent is set, she can just keep us stringing along as long as she wants to
0: we need um a bachelorette expert because what happens now we're in the office i'm gonna ask Allie. what ha- like do they go back on like another trip is that
2: so they go on uh their like trip to i think they go to greece and then it's she gets to invite them back to the fantasy suites if she chooses so
0: next week is fantasy suites yes uh and
2: and that's where we've seen all the do commercials. Do you earn that?
0: Is that like an a... Yes.
2: So you ha- the date has to... So it's like the rose. So the date has to go well and then there's a card and she's like, well, do you want to go tonight and spend the fantasy suites with me?
0: So they all go... Do they all go on an individual... Yes. And it's, it's,
2: that's why the guys don't have to hang out with each other anymore. So no guy has to hang out with Luke P again.
0: That would be kind of discomforting because Luke P always, uh, in, in a term that is apparently popular now, Luke P always spills the tea. Like you always know what happened on his date so now they're they're just gonna be in the dark on that
2: yeah but the commercials are all show what happens on luke p yeah that
0: kind of made me mad too i hate spoilers the and like the commercials just like we like we pretty much know that luke p is going home next week
2: but that's because everyone hates him america hates luke p and they people are mad at hannah b so they like the show needs to show people, like, oh, don't worry. She doesn't choose him. He doesn't win.
0: I kind of wanted to live in a world where, like, Luke P. might win and everyone's just outraged because that, that might actually make me like Luke P. <laughs> yeah, I get the mic
1: back after that one. Um, I mean, I, it's, you, you can't cheer for Luke P., but there is something about the bad guy winning that
0: just feels good good like well, it it's just like everyone can be mad hearts. we can have we get mad wednesday every day if exactly
1: exactly i just for those of you who didn't watch this week this week was hometowns that's so everyone that's listening that's yeah that's everyone that's listening there, there were uh, ali wants it back
2: i'd also like to apologize i feel like i got ryan hooked on this and now he's hooked into the bachelor bachelor in paradise bachelorette cycle he was like oh this is too great of content i will forever be watching this and i was like oh god so to Broncos country I apologize But you guys have to hear About the Bachelor And Bachelorette
0: Alright you don't just Get to take the mic whenever <laughs> You have to be invited On the mic
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah Allie also got me hooked And so this is just Kind of becoming a thing here But yeah It was hometowns And so Make it quick ha- And it takes like The four guys left They all go back To the guy's hometown And so you get to meet All the families And like Peter just has The sweetest like Fun fi- or uh, No not Peter know- oh, oh you cool. didn't
0: like Peter's family They were too much uh, they reminded me of the Gurgaches. I don't know if you watch uh, no. Parks and Rec. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Eggs, bacon, and toast—like that was their little like. <laughs> but but like Hannah's weird too. Like for me, like Hannah's yeah, that'd weird be weird in but, like, like a Han- normal way.
1: I think Hannah would buy into that stuff.
0: Oh God, the like dancing, singing German thing before dinner—that I, if I was on the show, it's endearing. Like, you know what, Peter? You're really nice, but uh, it's just not working out. But
1: which family was better?
0: Tyler C 's family was the best. Ah,
1: no his, C- his dad had cancer that's That's like the thing that like you're like, okay, everybody's kind of like rallying around like that's you know, everybody's just like very positive and like happy and like loving, but there it is, but there's like this part too where I'm just like, okay, but yeah, like it's going through a crisis. of course, everybody's tight and close. whereas like Peter's family just looks like they're having a great time.
0: No, no, Peter's family looks just fake. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, I also want to talk about sports today. Okay. Um, we can and do that. That might as well be a sport. I mean, it's so good. It's... but Yeah. We are, Henry, less than a week away from training camp.
1: But we're still talking about the Bachelorette.
0: Well, that's because it's incredible. Um, But we're getting close here, and... I want to know what you think is – well, let's just start with the biggest. What is the biggest qu- question you need answered in the 19 practices that will be Denver Broncos training camp? So, I mean, if I were at every practice,
1: the first thing I'm looking at every single day and probably for more than half the practice is Drew Lock. That's what I want to see. Like, does Drew Lock have it? Is Drew Lock the number two? I mean – in in my better dreams. Be the number two. Yeah, in my dreams, like toward the end of camp, we're saying, like, oh yeah, I mean like the Broncos have to roll Joe Flacco out there, right? Like, you know, he's the guy. They have to do it, even though Drew Locke looks like he could probably handle it. You know, that's what I want to
0: see. Um, and like sure, I like that, because that's different than what I'm thinking. Really keep going though, keep going. Yeah,
1: and so I just like I like the potential to see a star to position the mats, because there's other stuff, like there are rookies like Noah Fant who's gonna contribute right away, or Dalton Reisner, and all those things are important. But for the next 15 years, you just like Drew Locke coming out and playing well in the next couple of weeks would just mean so much going forward.
0: It's really true. In terms of the future of the Broncos, there's like two main things they need an owner and they need a quarterback. Yep. And one of those things should be on the field on Thursday when they start practice. Oh, I guess I said we're less than a week. We're well, really actually a week and a day, so we've okay. still got some breathing room here. Okay, we, We're less than a week away from the media barbecue, which is the unofficial start. But we, sh- we should see in 19 practices – I'm going to say that as much as I can because that is insane. That's that too is, many. Training camp is a whole month.
1: It's incredible. That's it usually, just going to wear these
0: guys down. It usually feels like a month, but this one is going to be a whole month. Um. We shouldn't see by the end of that many practices, like, okay, Drew Locke is trending in the right direction. He has it all. He has the tools. He's the number two. You know, all, There are a lot of questions surrounding Drew Locke. But I guess for me, I'm much more concerned about this season. Okay. And so what I want to see is, is that offensive line capable of being good? They don't have to show me – it's going to be hard for them to show you know, how good they are just right off the bat. But I want to see, like, can Connor McGovern snap the ball off of Joe Flacco's damn shoelaces? Like, can we get it up to at least his knees? Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's way too much of that in, in OTAs. I want to see, like, is Dalton Reisner the truth right now? Because that's what they need. It is. Uh, well, they need him to – he doesn't necessarily have to be Quentin Nelson, but he has to be able to step in and play just as fast as he did.
1: Yeah, and I've said it a few times on this podcast, but like the Broncos could win six games, the Broncos could win nine games. I think that's their range, and that doesn't really excite me. Like It's enough to like keep me tuned in, watch the progress, all that kind of stuff. What really excites me is a year from now, or two years from now, when maybe they're starting to actually put together a Super Bowl-quality qual- team. And for that to be the case, that's why I go back to Drew Locke, where it's just, can he be the guy? And honestly, in my mind, if... If everybody who everybody else in the draft just busts and drew Locke works out, that's a good draft if if drew lock busts and everybody else plays well, then like yeah, you're happy with it, but there's still that big hole at quarterback that needs to be filled, and that's why that's what I'm most most interested in over the next few weeks in
0: your opinion is best case scenario that drew lock like Russell Wilson's the starting job
1: uh I mean. Yeah, the the context matters. Like if Joe Flacco is just throwing interceptions on every play, and you're throwing Drew Lock out there because you like he's the better of two bad options, but you think he'll grow, then that scares me because there's a potential for him just to be broken behind a bad offensive line. But if both quarterbacks are playing well. I, I like I said before, what I really want is at the end of camp for people to be saying, you know, maybe we should be starting Andrew, or Drew Lock. Maybe maybe it shouldn't be Flacco, even though we understand like Flacco's the guy; it's his turn. I want there to be whispers.
0: Fair enough. Here's what I'm not going to say is a question I need to answer during this training camp, and it goes into that, which I don't think you're going to get that wish. I don't think Joe Flacco is that big of a question for me going into training camp. In fact, I'll guarantee right now that Joe Flacco has an amazing training camp because we learned last year that veteran quarterbacks have great training camps. So it's going to be hard to evaluate what Joe Flacco is with the lingering doubt in the back of your mind of, okay, well, Case Keenum was amazing last year in training camp. I already know that Joe Flacco is going to be amazing in training camp because he was amazing in OTAs. So that's not a question to me. Those questions aren't going to be answered until the preseason, and that's that's a a whole different discussion, and even then. But that was the first time we saw cracks in the armor for Case Keenum. Remember, he had a bad first preseason game, and I'm pretty sure not great in the second. And people were, like, freaking out, and, and we were sitting there like, yeah, but he's been, like, incredible yeah, every day in that. training camp. Like, I'm sure he'll get in a rhythm once the season starts. It never happened. So, if Joe Flacco goes out, has an amazing training camp, has an amazing preseason, then maybe I'm thinking, okay, you know, he's going to be uh, able to put up those two-to-one – in that two-to-one range that you're hoping for. Yep. Um, That's not a question to me. So, for me, it comes down to what you said. And then the other one, as it relates to the offense – is Rich Gangarello. Mm. We saw very vanilla looks during OTAs. We didn't necessarily – like, you wouldn't have been able to, like, point out a scheme based off of what you were seeing out there. I think by the end of 19 practices, yeah, you should be able to say, okay, here's what the offense is going to look like. Um, is it is it more, you know, uh, Kubiak? Is it more on the Kyle Shanahan side of that? Is it a little more shotgun? Like, what is it going to be? Because we have an idea of the scheme. We have an idea of the, of the uh, overarching It's like that West mentality. Coast. Yes, it's, a, it it's the where? West Coast mentality. But I think everyone, you know, everyone is talking about under center, under center, under center, under center. Because of what John Elway said really about Kyler Murray at the Combine, which is like, we need a guy who can play under center. I think you're actually going to see a lot more shotgun than people are expecting.
1: I sure hope so because that when you when you think of when the Broncos offense has looked good it's been out of the shotgun and and that's not even just the Broncos that's most of the NFL just giving a quarterback a chance to take a few steps back and see everything in front of him it seems it, it, it just obvious. makes it so much easier it's, it's the same thing as putting guys in motion before the snap every play throw somebody in motion and it'll tip off something that's going on with that defense but for some reason the Broncos still didn't do that much last year
0: nothing that they didn't last year really made much sense like they didn't go play action even though all the stats were uh, told you that Case Keenum was best in his career on play and action. and
1: that offense historically like that's what that offense is built around you run the ball up the middle and then you run what the play offense
0: a- though because we don't even know yeah. what offense they yeah. were running like yeah there was no identity at all to that offense uh it, it was just hard to watch and so they didn't go play action. They didn't use Phillip Lindsay in the passing game, which was a massive head-scratcher. They wouldn't throw jump balls for Cortland Sutton. It was like nothing they did made sense. They didn't play to anybody's strengths, and they didn't cover up anybody's weaknesses Not either. even Case Keenum's. No. No, nobody's. That is, I mean, that was mind-blowing. Yeah, it's. And so that's what like that's what I want to see. I want to be able to walk away from training camp and be like, Oh, okay. So I see what they're doing. Like they they decided and and like this should be obvious, but it's like he looked at what Joe Flacco does best, what Corland Sutton does best, what Philip Lindsay does best, what this offensive line does best and built that around the West Coast idea. Yeah, you come up with the three plays
1: that give all like your four or five best players the best advantages and then fill in the gaps with everything they'll just build off of those, like blend them together so that you can you have one cohesive system. Like, if you're trying to work toward getting these big plays for these players, but behind that, you make it so that it isn't predictable what you're doing. You know, like, it's all just those little quirks, all these little twists in different directions off of those main plays that you want to get to.
0: Yeah, I also just really want to see that jet sweep action all the time. That works for the rest of the... Uh, well, both both Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay did it continuously yeah last year and you got to have the player i I guess it would be emmanuel sanders once he's healthy has to be right and that and that brings me to the next question when's emmanuel sanders out there because it's not going to be the first day i have a pretty good feeling about that Cortland sutton already said like i'm excited to go out there and be the number one receiver in training camp so is it a week if Emmanuel Sanders is back in a week, I feel really good. For is sure. Two weeks. If Emmanuel Sanders is back in two weeks, I feel really good. I'm still feeling good. Is it three weeks? Now I'm starting to get a little iffy. Is it the last week of training camp? Well, okay, now you're like, at least he got out there. Is he out there for training camp at all? If he's not, now I'm worried. And I'm
1: worried because we just have no idea. Because everything that Emmanuel Sanders has put out there makes it sound like he's ready to go. Like, hey, look at me. I'm cutting full speed. I'm ready to play football, but then you hear about it, and you like, well, wait, really? Is, you tore your Achilles. That's supposed it to take looks a looks like,
0: I mean, he's running full speed, cutting full speed. What else do we need?
1: I, I don't know, and that's the scary part, is
0: that we don't really know what we're waiting on. I said this on the podcast with Zach, and, and I talked to a couple people who have dealt with this injury before, and they said it's really not that hard to get to 90%. Getting from 90 to 100 takes a while. Interesting. And Emmanuel has been very vocal. I'm not going out unless I'm 100%. And I I don't know when that's going to be. And if, if he's going to wait for that, maybe it's week four. Yeah. Like, that's what worries me is this offense kind of needs him to unlock it.
1: For sure. Like, he's, he's their speed threat.
0: He makes it so that. Deshaun Hamilton is going up against number threes and Cortland Sutton is going up against number twos. Like They can probably win those matchups. Yeah. But we saw up close and personal what happens when Courtland Sutton goes up against a number one receiver and he averaged, I think, 30 yards a game. Yeah. He catches a, a number one corner, sorry. He catches
1: a 15-yard pass, not on a third down or anything, stands up, spins the ball on the ground. That's how excited he gets about a 15-yard oh, catch when he's going up the against the number game? one corners. I think it was. Uh, it's... You just need Emmanuel Sanders. That's what it comes down to.
0: You need Emmanuel Sanders because not only is he your deep threat, he's also your most polished route runner. For sure. He's the guy who's been going up against number ones for years. He if knows he- how to win those matchups. He's veteran. He's a savvy. He is, in his own weird, quirky way, a leader. Um, without him, you are pretty much praying that Cortland Sutton takes a massive leap in training camp.
1: Yep. And I think that there's one silver lining to his injury. And that's that during training camp, he won't be totally focused on refining himself. He isn't, if, if when he's sitting out, he won't be thinking about like his route running, all this kind of stuff. And you have to hope that he's using that time to be in Cortland Sutton's ear, like watching Deshaun Hamilton go through every rep and saying, no, your foot needs to be here, not there. And, coaching them up for two weeks while
0: he's sitting out if that's how long he's sitting out so the to me I need to see him by the beginning of week three of training camp to feel comfortable about the offense going into week one
1: yeah because that the the three-man combination of Cortland Sutton Tim Patrick Deshaun Hamilton that's the worst receiving group in the NFL <laughs> If they,
0: if they stay where they were last year certainly yeah yeah, it's, it does not strike fear into the Raiders for week one. No, it doesn't. And meanwhile, they're throwing out Antonio Brown.
1: Yeah, and and if the Broncos can just put Emmanuel Sanders on the field, everything changes.
0: Yep, and we saw that. And, and the other guys, Phil Lindsey, I'm not worried about him for week one. I just want to make sure that he's out there. Uh, if he's not, I'm going to start wondering if, there, if something went wrong because, remember, they kind of messed up Shane Ray's wrist surgery. Yep. Um they messed up the evaluation of Devontae Booker, like he broke it he heard it in OTAs and they didn't even notice until training came. That
1: was so confusing.
0: So like they don't have the best wrist history. I want to see Philip Lindsay out there just to assure me like okay, he's healed, he's good. It's not going to, you know, be something that lingers.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm not worried about him at all either. People have been talking about well, can he can he lift? Is he going to be in good shape, even though he's coming off that wrist injury and I'm not worried about any of that stuff at all. As long as he's healthy, he's going to be Phil Lindsay.
0: One thing that I know about Phil um, that he used when he wasn't really able to lift this offseason is he spent a lot of time almost attacking the game like a quarterback, trying to learn defenses, understand fronts, understand that if the defense is looking like this, here's what I can expect. Um, if this guy does, you know, does this pre-snap, this is what I can expect. And that excites me because... For Phil, it's always been like passion, desire. Yeah, you know all those things. Heart, all those things that you think of when you think of Phil Lindsay Leadership, you know, uh, fiery energy, all that stuff. You've never really thought of Phil as like, oh, he's like an extremely cerebral football player. No,
1: and you do see some, like, like he hits the right hole.
0: He doesn't oh, yeah, make he those gets, mistakes. It, like he has great vision. He exactly, gets it, but. For him, and we always talk about with young players in the NFL, it's all about punches and counterpunches. There's going to be a counterpunch to what Philip Lindsay does this year. Teams have had a lot of time to watch him. They, they have, you know, f- whatever, 14 games of tape on him. There's, there's going to be a counterpunch. For him to learn football at a, at, a, at a higher level and, like I said, attack it almost as a quarterback, try to understand what he's seeing, that's going to be his counterpunch okay, I still have all that other stuff going for me. Now I know what you're trying to do to stop me, and now I can attack that in different ways. That's his counterpunch, and if he has that, he's going to be fine.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I think the idea of Phil Lindsay thinking like a quarterback should just be terrifying, especially if that's that's what gets him to the level where he's doing the Le'Veon Bell, like take two steps after he gets the ball, stands still behind the line of scrimmage, waits for things to develop, and with Phil Lindsay's he he goes 0 to 60 so fast. It's two steps and he's full speed. And so you if if he gets that part of the game and the offensive line can protect him, he could he could be unstoppable.
0: Think of it this way. The reason that CJ Anderson was able to make it as an undrafted guy was because of that. Exactly. He always had that. He was extremely bright when it came to the game of football. It's what Peyton Manning loved so much about him. Mm-hmm. So, if Phil Lindsay can add that because he has things that cj anderson wishes he had for sure speed the the moves all of that stuff if he can combine that with the cerebral attack to the game that's how he gets to the next level
1: yeah because was it was it peyton manning who was saying uh having cj anderson at running back was like having a second quarterback back there yep that's high praise that's seriously high praise so phil Lindsay could get to half that point who knows what that could do for his
0: game well Phil Lindsay is the ultimate Colorado football player. Yes, and Breckenridge is. is the ultimate Colorado beer. Ooh, smooth. And we are excited tonight because we're taking the whole BSN squad down to Breckenridge Brewery. We're going to try out all the different beers, see the sweet facility they have there. It's going to be super awesome and and as you guys know, we're going to we're going to have that, that perfect summer beer. Do you know what it's you know where it's from? Um, well, it's from Colorado. Do you yeah. know what it's called? <laughs> the the
1: strawberry sky? Yep, but yeah. but
0: what kind of uh, ale is it? Oh, it's a kosh. <laughs> kosh. It's a Kolsch ale. Kolsch. It's a Kolsch ale. It originally it originated in Coland. And that is the place? Nope. Okay. <laughs> <Didn't they love>? <laughs> <laughs> um what what we know about it cuz we are not beer experts. But the Kolsch ale is just that that pure summer drink, that pure summer beer. Mm. You got the the fruitiness of the strawberries. You've got the beeriness of the beer. They marry together. And this is what you think about on a summer day.
1: That's what I'm thinking about right now, Ryan. We're going to struggle getting through the rest of this podcast.
0: Yeah, we are. But there's going to be nice like strawberry sunset. Strawberry fields forever. S- strawberry F- yep, yep. yeah, Yep. And so yeah, tonight we're heading down to Breck. It should be awesome. Uh, and make sure you check out wreck and especially the strawberry sky because it is hot and you need it all right let's take a quick break and on the other side we'll get to your questions
1: green mountain dental has a long standing tradition of being one of lakewood's best family dental care offices
3: patient since I was three, which is in 1974. You know, my
2: parents, myself, and now my children all go there. It's just a great place to be. Very positive experience with them, definitely.
1: New patients can receive free teeth whitening trays when they schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. Also, all colored sport mouth guards start at just $25.
2: The doctors will come out and visit with you, um, ask you how your family is doing.
1: You know, just very friendly and family-oriented. It's just very comfortable
0: to, to be there. That's GreenMountainDentalGroup.com. We're rolling along here on the BSN Broncos podcast, and we have a special guest. No, it's not Hannah B. It's too bad. I really like her. Huh. It's Andre S.
4: <laughs>
3: Andre S. That's exactly right. <laughs> that's your bachelorette name. Uh, she's on film. I uh, watch film. You know, we're Perfect. very relatable. I watch players in Alabama. She lives in Alabama and drives under signs that say Roll Tide. You know, it's all. It's
0: all the same. It's Are all you, the same. Do you follow the show? You seem pretty. I well- surprised you. I yeah. surprised <laughs> you with that.
3: <laughs> Actually, Henry and I, uh. On a lonely day where the family left me alone, we watched the first episode, and frankly, I, I'm kind of out. Yeah. What? Yeah, I'm kind of
1: out. It man. surprises me too. I mean, we just had like a great boys' night. I went over to Dre's house. We got some Chipotle, and we it's watched true. The Bachelorette with his cats. It's true. It was incredible. That normally wouldn't be referred that- to as a boys'
0: night. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Did you guys eat ice <laughs> cream too and talk it's about your exes? Like a, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's almost
3: like a girls' night with the boys, you know. But yeah, uh, it works. You boys know. girls night.
1: I, I always
0: had my doubts about Luke P. I don't know how you guys have sucked me into this conversation. I can't, conversation it. I, can't already. <laughs> I, didn't, I haven't tooted my own horn for this. After the first scene on the oh. show that involved Luke P, I called him making the final four. Okay, now I've talked to this with Allie.
3: Absurd that he doesn't give his jacket to her as she's like freezing. Freezing, oh first my God. should have been like, eliminated. What are you for doing? That. What a savage.
1: Absurd, but not surprising. Like, after knowing Luke P., I'm like, yeah, of course not. That guy's an idiot. But his he family know that. says he's so nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah well. They sure do. So you're out. So eh, I guess you can't. I might be ugh. back in. Now that I'm getting the, the nitty-gritty, <laughs> I might get back in. We'll <laughs> All right. see. We'll see. Well, that's not the reason we brought you on. No. The reason we brought you, you on it. is because there's some juicy supplemental draft news to talk about, and only you can do that. Well, that's building it up. But, yeah, the
3: the uh, Arizona Cardinals have used uh, – a fifth rounder on Jalen Thompson, safety out of Washington state, a guy who was kicked out or rather his final year of eligibility was kind of taken from him because he bought a supplement over
0: the counter. Makes sense why he's in the supplemental oh, draft. Sure <laughs> it does. It is. Sure does. Well Wouldn't done. that be
1: fun? If there was like a draft just for the people on
0: PEDs, and so like you, there was like <laughs> a set number, like
1: every team could have like four guys on PEDs. That'd be amazing. And you just have like this separate.
0: Always, it's like the, you get the, the juggernaut. Yeah. You're allowed to have one guy who one just pass. juices.
1: Yeah. You get one mm. failed test a year. Hmm.
0: Anyways. There's something. Okay. So fun. he bought a, a, an illegal supplement. A legal
3: supplement, but then I guess like didn't pass a test and for whatever reason was kicked off and is doesn't qualify for NCAA rules. Okay. Huh. I've barely looked into this. So, I mean, that's kind of the.
0: Well, you already knew infinitely more b- than we know about <laughs> it. The <laughs> brief
3: answer. Good safety. I mean, he's a guy who could have gone on day two, I think, had he stayed in school and built off of his honorable mention all Big 12 season. Pac 12. Pac 12, right? Um, what, oh, I said Big 12. Mm-hmm. How dare I! um yeah i mean a decent player a nice pickup by the cards who i thought had the best draft of all i didn't As love their cliff kingsbury or vance joseph hires but um i think that could be a lethal combination and not in the good way but i think they've kind of killed it with me it'll, co- it'll be a lethal combination <laughs> like, at the bars like yeah. <laughs> oh <God>. <laughs> yes <laughs> yes um yeah so they're they're adding a very intriguing young core out there
0: um he has a good name. We know that Jalen Thompson. That's a yep. that's a winning football name. What number no did he wear in college? Can you tell me that?
3: Um, my dyslexia is kicking in. I think twenty three or thirty
0: two. Seems like a twenty three guy. If and it's thirty two, that's a problem. Yeah, thirty two would be bad. Oh, would be I, good. I wasn't aware of the number problems. Uh, I
3: think it's thirty two, but no, <laughs> it's looking like it's thirty four. Thirty four. Okay. Uh. Okay. That's a okay of, for a, a little Shaquille yeah. O'Neal if, there.
1: Yeah, I mean, if Will Parks hadn't been playing so well, I'd probably be more against it.
3: Mm. Mm. All right, interesting. Well, Andre, um, the Broncos did have the second pick in that, in the, after the Lions in the supplemental draft. So I so could have made a move. They decided to stay put.
0: It's you give up that draft if you take them in that round. You give up the next year's pick. That's right. If you are win now, it makes sense to get a 100%. guy. Yeah.
3: I was saying it with the corners that were available in last year's supplemental draft that it was kind of like, if you're all in and you just cut a Aqib, like,
0: why not? Yeah, and what did they, wh- what rounds did those guys go in? Did one of them go I in think the second? Sam
3: Beal went for a third.
0: Okay, a third. And that was to the Giants? Yeah, exactly. Did he play? Played he a little, him? but
3: it sounds like they're still high on him. Okay. I really liked Adonis Alexander, who I, fr- he might have gone to the Redskins, um, but was like a sixth rounder i believe hmm.
0: well andre get off the podcast we're done with you okay <laughs> no i'm just <laughs> later kidding. guys this was fun <laughs> can, you, can you stay can you stick around please, for some questions please yes all right where was the one you were talking about is uh, that the first one at are you reading top. from the top i know Weird. we read from the oh, bottom here on the podcast on. i just come don't on, understand Hank. that why
3: then you got to
1: come back it's like circling back you got
3: to pay your respects to who asked the question
0: first exactly oh yeah oh yeah think of the customer for once that's
1: Jeez. Right. I mean, when you're watching a basketball game, though, do you remember the guy who made the first bucket? Do you remember the guy who made the buzzer beater?
0: Oh, fair point. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I something. usually I remember know. both. Oh, of course you do. Such uh,
4: great memory.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we're, we're going to go from the bottom up here because that's the way we do it. First one comes in from Vaughn, father of Tom, who was formerly Dom Siglo. All right, he goes, Training camp can't come soon enough, boys. I can't wait to hear you guys report on the sudden breakout and get my hopes up and then just be disappointed during the season. Ouch. Um, he goes on with some other stuff. And then he says, also, I'm looking to add to my jersey collection. I have Vaughn, Chubb, and Peyton. Any suggestions on the new pickup? Keep up the great work, and thank you for entertaining me every single day. Well, thank you for tuning in with us every single day. You guys got, uh, got your recommendation for the next jersey? I mean, I'm a big believer in old school.
3: You mm. know, you can never go wrong with a throwback. So, you know, you get a an orange seven for that's so LA. safe. Also oh, it's very safe.
0: Uh, LA might be going out of style soon. Ooh Wow. I'm just kidding. Ooh. LA can never go out <laughs> wow. of style. But it feels like with some Broncos fans it already is. Yeah.
3: A great retro jersey that's not super popular as a retro jersey would be a champ, but this is the off season to get a champ. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah sum, this is a good time champ. for champ. The I think I champ. think
1: mine. I'm going like the least safe route. I I kind of want a Will Parks. I think that's a guy I could wow. get behind. That's, that? a be that's a fun guy. Buying a
0: guy's jersey in a contract year. Oh, okay, Parks. yeah. I mean,
1: like practically, like ah. I Will thought I was gonna
0: say like Phil or something. Will Parks. Oh,
1: Phil. Phil's not going out there. I said I'm not going the safe route. I, I yeah,
0: like that's Will
3: Parks. Crazy. I mean, I'm I I Will think Parks having guy. a Will
0: Parks jersey would be really cool too. But you gotta wait and see if he. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's next off season.
3: Or go the super unsafe route. Go all in on a Drew Lock jersey. That's the one
0: it. for me. Yeah. Is like if you're if you're trying to to call your own sh- call your shot here, at least go Drew Lock because you got four years to uh, to wear it before you're wrong, or at least two years to wear it before you're wrong. Um, but yeah. for me, it's very simple. His c- collection is Vaughn, Chubb, and Peyton. These are all like very safe plays. Yeah, go Phil.
1: Of go Phil. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <sighs>
0: Also, Almost. like Lindsay Thirty, it
1: just looks good. It does look good. It's true. Everybody here will love that jersey. When go you with wear the it.
3: Orange Crush one too. I love those.
0: The mm. um like the the color rush.
3: Yeah, the color rush. There you go.
0: Eh, I say go. Not blue. a fan.
3: Well, you're a little anti-orange.
0: I, I'm not anti-orange. why I it, wear it my just, goat shirt today. It's <laughs> like just tough oran- to
1: wear it with
3: stuff.
0: Orange jerseys look good on the players. Orange. Things are harder to pull off. They are.
1: I try really hard too. I have like a Frank Ocean channel orange shirt. It's like orange with like the white album. Is he still. And he al- just can't is he wear still it. alive? Yeah, Frank Ocean's still alive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's incredibly In my head,
3: I've I've never heard of this Frank Ocean before. Uh,
1: yeah, we'll get you on that later.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Probably, <laughs> not. Probably not. Probably <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> not. What's the name of the um, Ocean's Eleven? Who's the main character? Oh. Well, there's like eleven. That's there's
3: no like main character. character. Who is <laughs> the guy whose last <laughs> name is Ocean?
0: Uh I
3: don't know, Andy Garcia who owns the hotel.
0: No, it's George Clooney. Oh but oh, what's Ocean's first name? Oh, I have no idea. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I've sorry. Bob Bob Ocean. Bob Ocean. Welcome there you Bob go. Ocean. Bob is great. Uh anyways, what were we talking about? Oh, oh yeah. the jerseys. jerseys. Yeah. Go I go I would go blue Phil. Yeah, I think that's a good choice. All right, next one here is from Tokyo Bronco. He says, hey, guys, first off, Henry, you rule. Oh, thank you. It's been great to have Henry on the show, offering a fresh perspective every now and then. The BS team really knows how to pick talented and passionate people. That's for sure. Oh, that's totally me. Thank you. <laughs> 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 Got a couple oh, I of that. talented and passionate people surrounding me. Um, he goes, when you guys answer my last question, Henry mentioned how he wants to see Chris Harris use his knowledge to read the formation and make big plays. I agree completely. I actually saw a video on YouTube from Peyton Manning's new detail series on ESPN Plus where he shows a play where Chris uses his football knowledge to see the play before it happens and he capitalizes on making the big play against the Chiefs. If you're interested in seeing that, he left a link in the comments with even a timestamp of where it happens. He goes, question one, when can we expect another collab with Brandon Perna? I mentioned it once before, but we'd love to see him as a guest every month or two if he's down to do it. We'll try and get it together. It's a little bit tougher once the things get into full swing. But yeah. we got Andre, and he's almost as good as Brandon Perna. That's right.
1: So close. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Slightly different brands, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll take it. Question two. How's the Connor McGovern situation of late? I remember a while back there was some serious concern about his abilities at center, and I was curious if you saw any improvements at the tail end of OTAs. If not, what should we be looking out for, good or bad? Yeah, if you remember, those questions actually come up came up right at the tail end of OTAs. Um, that was probably the first post-OTA piece I wrote was just that's a big – or maybe I wrote that as my observations from the last day of OTAs, that just that that was a big question. Well, and he really struggled with the snaps, right? Right. That's what it was. That's a it's concerning s- part. He was snapping <laughs> sure them off is. of Flacco's shoelaces yeah. half the time. And that, as we t- as I talked about, like an NFL quarterback will tell you the worst thing you can do is give them a low snap. Yeah. If you give them a high snap, they can, like, no look it you know, yeah, and, and right. keep their <laughs> eyes on the field. If you give them a low snap, they have to drop the head their goes head. down, yeah. And they have no idea what they're going to see when they look up. Yeah. So – Got to figure that out. How do you f- feel about Sam Jones from what you've seen? Still seems a ways away. Yeah. Um, I was. Uh, it's kind of unfortunate. I mean, he has a whole training camp to take a big step forward. Yep. He's certainly working really hard. Um <laughs> Both him, McGovern, all those guys have been grinding at six zero. So Yeah, for sure. So you hope that he can kind of take that next step. I would have loved for him to make a push for that center spot, um, but it doesn't yeah. look like it's going to
3: happen. Because what are the alternatives after that?
0: There aren't really right. any. Uh, Dalton Reisman. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. Reisner actually is the the
0: best alternative. Huh. Reisner's your—he's uh, like the Carl Mecklenburg of the offensive line. He sure <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> really true. Yeah.
1: Going back to like the end of that question, though, like what are we looking out for from Connor McGovern, good and bad? Like the good is that he's incredible in the weight room. And he's just like a big, strong guy. The bad is he snaps the ball off of people's shoes.
0: He's very mobile. he's going to be able to like you know be just as athletic and get out on the move as Paradis did if not better Mm -hmm. but if you can't snap the ball like you're not a center
3: no that's a real problem that's
0: that's number one it's like telling me like you know a quarterback can't throw it's like okay you're Tim Tebow like
1: (laughs) you're not a quarterback without
0: the magic you're nothing yeah right all right next question here this one comes in from Lone Star Bronco it says, what is one sports-related regret you guys have? I had mm. tickets to go watch Denver play Green Bay in 2015 for the se- famous 77 ah. yards passing by Aaron Rodgers game, but was talked into selling because my girlfriend couldn't go. We are no longer together. <laughs> Never got to watch Peyton play thanks to yeah, that. I regret it, it constantly. You wow. guys have any regrets like that?
1: I think that actually, actually that same game, uh, we were planning on making a trip down. I think it was right around Halloween maybe? Okay, yeah, there might have been like a Mac Miller concert too. So like missing out Mac Miller and missing out on that game. Oh wow, yeah, no, double whammy, double miss. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure what any others would be. Well, it's funny, mine
3: would be similar, but mine's college football related. Um, what was that game two years ago? The Buffs played Arizona, and they're starting an unknown quarterback oh, backup. Cool, and I was like, ah, there's no one on their team <laughs> worth watching. What am I doing scouting? And then Khalil Tate, Arizona's quarterback, goes off for like 300 yards rushing. It was one of the most insane performances ever. I could have been in the press box and wrote all about this, and I just missed my shot. I, I, I will forever regret that. Uh, let me tell you. Obviously a I sad do, time for the I uh, am yeah.
0: not. I wouldn't have regretted missing that game because <laughs> I think I've told this story before. I was sitting in the north end zone at Folsom Field. And all of his touchdowns were going south, so I just kept seeing like him like <laughs> scrambling back and then just taking uh. off and and just running and running and getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And, like I think he had four carries of over fifty yards uh. in that game. Oh, for sure. It was. He was unstoppable. One of the hardest things I've ever watched in my life. Like, oh, I, I don't was like, doubt it. why yeah. can't they tackle him? I don't get it. Yeah. Why does he just keep <laughs> running away from everyone? <laughs> that was terrible. Mine was is old. I had tickets to. Uh, the the Tebow to DT oh, Steelers really? game and I wasn't able to go. Oh no way! Um, yeah, wow. my buddy asked me if I would like drive. He so he was driving back to Colorado from his college in Arizona. He asked if I would fly out to Arizona and then like do the road trip back with him, and mm. I was in Arizona, so mm. missed out. Shame. All right, what's your favorite sports memory, both live and televised? He says, mine was Trevor Simeon juking Joey Bosa for a TD run. That's his live one. Still support Trevor. He was never supposed to be a starter. Televised was Vaughn's strip sack touchdown in Super Bowl 50.
1: Yeah, uh, for me, live, uh, I mentioned it. Actually, there are a couple now I think of it. I mentioned yesterday the Broncos game against the 49ers where Peyton Manning breaks the all-time touchdown record. Mm-hmm. And they play keep away with the ball, Sunday night football. That was a great one. My other one, I was also there for the AFC championship game before the Super Bowl. I think it was before the Super Bowl they lost.
0: So, 48. Yeah. That was also against the Patriots, wasn't it? That was,
1: and that's why it gets tough to distinguish. But Why yeah. is it
0: hard for me to remember that game? Is there, like, a killer moment in that?
1: Was Super Bowl
0: 48 no. Patriots Seahawks? No, 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 no. Uh, The... The, ga- the, the AFC, AFC, Champs- AFC Game. Championship before Super Bowl 48, which was Broncos Seahawks. Bro- Broncos beat
3: the Broncos Patriots. Broncos beat the go to go Patriots
0: to, to go to the Super Bowl. Well, I don't remember that yeah. at all. No, yeah. Are we sure they beat the Patriots? The that happened? Pretty sure.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. They definitely beat the Patriots.
0: Yeah. It's like one of the games <gasps> yeah, that the Broncos yeah. beat the Patriots in the playoffs. No, I actually brought my chemistry. Right. And that's why everyone says if it wasn't for wow. the Broncos and Peyton Manning, the Patriots would have gone to five straight Super Bowls.
3: Yep. Wow, I have zero memory of that.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that game just thats almost wasn't concerning. very memorable. <gasps> I mean, so that <laughs> sorry, to, ru- sorry <laughs> to ruin your memory. <laughs>
1: they went to the Super Bowl. They won the AFC Championship game. It's a great game. But actually, so I was a senior in high school at the time. And my chemistry teacher was a huge Bronco fan. And so he was actually at some, he was also track coach. He was at some track com- conference in Vegas. And he's like, yeah, th- I'm thinking about like trying to get over for the game. Tickets are expensive. But my family had season tickets. So we had a spare ticket. And so we were like, well, sure, Like, if you can get to Denver, we'll, we'll take you to the game. And so he ends up coming to the game with us. And fast forward to the end of the semester, I end up with a 90.1% final grade, just barely giving me an A- minus instead of a B- plus in chemistry. And I think that uh, had I not taken the teacher to the AFC Championship game, things might have broken differently for me.
0: Wow. That's high-quality bribery. That's yeah. Right.
1: No, it's
3: great. Got to get those science credits no matter how hard it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. For me, my favorite live memory is CU beating Nebraska 62-36. It's basically like at the heart of my love for CU football. It was the end of the first season where I went to every game. As everyone knows, I've never missed a game since at home. So that was incredible. CU was number 15 in the country. They were number one, and they just wiped the floor with them. Nebraska was number one, is what Ryan's yep, saying. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. That's a good they one. We also had the uh would be Heisman winner and they made him look silly. Yep. So it was pretty awesome. Um as for TV. Best thing i best sporting event I've ever watched on TV. My favorite well,
3: sports like memory your though. Favorite memory favorite of memory. Any.
1: It was the it was the parade after the Broncos won the Super Bowl. Peyton May's press conference was there too. I think the Super Bowl game could have been it. But there was also, like, the stress that goes along with that. So you're, like, sitting there, you're like, oh, no, that what was if they blow this, heat. all this kind <clears> of stuff. <throat> but then the parade after, just watching Peyton, like, go around town, million people out there cheering for him. It's pretty dope. It's just all positive.
0: I, I will say another one that has to be in my best live moments was I was at game four of the NLCS when the Rockies mm. won to go to the World Series. Yeah. That's that was crazy. pretty incredible. And so maybe my favorite um, – one of my favorite T V memories was Game One Sixty Three that year. Ooh. With Matt yeah. Holiday touching home yeah. definitively. Yeah, Easily. that's a good one.
3: <laughs>
0: what do you got a Dre? Good one?
3: In boy, in person I, I don't feel like I've been to some great ones. I guess I was to the game where C C U clinched the Pac twelve South in the rise Utah. That mm-hmm. was pretty special. That yeah. was pretty unbelievable. That yeah, was cool. Um and I was at the parade. I oh, was yeah? at the Super Bowl parade. That was pretty dope too. What we live so close by, we were able to just walk. Everything
0: you've block. seen. Seen
3: live or seen on TV was probably Italy winning the World Cup in 2006. Ooh. That makes sense. Nice. Especially, yep. and more so than the final, can't it relate. was the... the, well, <laughs> the I, can. <laughs> <Right>. I can't. <laughs> I right. yeah, Yeah. yeah. No, that's true, you can't. It was uh, the semi final against Germany. They go to double overtime, and they score in the final two minutes. and like Ugh, it was amazing that's yeah. awesome yeah yeah and actually come to think of it my greatest regret is not going to a champions league final where my team was in it and i had tickets i had the plane ride set up i got the okay from my mom but i just felt like eh, it's too much of a pain i'm not gonna go wow wow yeah really like what, what's the ball, your what's your squad man. ac milan okay
1: okay
0: that makes sense uh, anyways, he says. Lastly, who is your favorite non-football uh, pro athlete mm. of all time? He says his is Pudge Rodriguez. Tough. I think, honestly, mine would be Todd Helton. I just, when I was a kid, I just loved Todd Helton. Interesting. Uh, so when you guys
1: were talking about like the the best televised moment, best televised memory, my first thought was like this entire World Cup run. And I was like, okay, that's just like the recency bias. But then you get yeah, back no to like kidding. favorite non-football pro athletes, like uh, anybody on that team. Like just watching all these videos of them, like getting off the plane, just like carrying the trophies. Like I just love them all at this point. But I think
0: it's still a little bit of recency. I know. I think, I think in a couple of months, I
1: might, I might, I might change.
3: I mean, your favorite non-football N- athlete, Nikola Jokic.
1: I mean, he's Boy, just, so easy job. to love on the court. So easy to love off the court. He's up there.
3: Henry's showing his age in this segment. I know.
1: <laughs> I know. Yeah.
0: I'm trying yeah. to think of other ones. It's though. a tough
3: It's tough to narrow that down. I mean, I'd have, like, you know, Sackick Forsberg and Waugh would be up there. Larry Walker's my favorite. Rocky of all time. I have so many fa You know, for me, it's Alan Iverson. I don't wow. think it's um, even all that's that close. That's a good one. Um, he really is, uh, like, so important in my consumption of. Sports and huh. his attitude, and just my like consumption of pop culture and
0: everything. Like I Alan do Everson's love, a uh, s- I love me some J.R. Smith. Oh my me gosh. too,
1: me too. J.R. Smith. So I think much. I think my first day in the BSN <laughs> office last summer, oh I come gosh. in here and the discussion starts like who who's your favorite nugget of all time, and you said J.R. Smith, and I was oh like, my oh my goodness, this Hell is the first yeah. time somebody else I've ever heard somebody say something like J.R. Smith, because because that's. I think that at the time he was my favorite. Now Nicole Yoki, is all so these blasphemous. Things. I love Jr. Who was your favorite? He's just like a freak athlete. AI. No, because as a Nugget, I think he kind of blew
3: it. Well, um, it's just him and Carmelo weren't. I have weren't a really a soft name. spot for Mutombo.
0: Okay, that was it's a big a Tony McDice guy. I love uh, Antonio no. McDice. Huh. I haven't an Antonio jersey. When we McDice had
3: nothing else, Antonio like McDyce was was the bomb. you know I loved Gallo when he was playing for us.
0: I mean, you know, I think. I we like him more when you say that. Like I know. I was going like, to say that again. Who, who, too. Do, who do you like? Gallo. Okay, perfect.
1: Gallo. Also, also, Andre's cat's name. That's right. Not. That's exactly Great right. Great cat. Yep. Good cat. He took to Henry quickly.
0: I wanted to name my dog Tulo. I
1: did name my dog Tebow
0: oh hmm.
3: yeah see i mean you do that they'll eventually get traded <laughs> <laughs> only yeah. retro jersey names guys yeah. yeah my
0: friend had a dog named mellow which is actually a great name for a it dog. is it name. is yeah tebow's a good name too easy it's to say good. rolls yeah. off the tongue yeah. Yeah. all right well we have a few more questions to get to here before we get out of here but before we do that got to tell you about Weinster. If you're like me and you're trying to figure out how to become a mature refined adult, or you, or at least you're pretending that you want to become a mature refined adult, or maybe you just really like wine, you got to check out our friends over at Weinster. Weinster is an innovative online direct-to-consumer wine club connecting wine drinkers with more than 110 of the best wineries in America today. And what makes them really cool, guys, is that the majority of the places they work with are way too small to attract the attention of the big retailers, meaning not only are you getting access to some delicious and hard to find wines you're also supporting those those local small cool wineries made by real people who love wine with Winster all you got to do is sit back and relax as they curate a hand-picked shipment from the best small wine producers in the u.s and then when you fall in love with a couple of them as a club member they'll send them right back to your door with no shipping costs at all and they happen to be founded by 3cu boulder alums which happens to make me a little biased towards them Sign up today with the code BSN25 and get $25 off your first shipment of wine. And start being a real grown-up. That's Winester, W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R. Make sure you check them out, guys. They're really doing some really cool stuff in the wine industry. It says CU Boulder on there.
3: What? It says CU Boulder on that,
0: right? It does not. I didn't put that. What are you talking about?
3: Oh, okay. I thought you said CU Boulder. Oh, did I? Yeah. Aren't you against that because it's assumed that it's CU as Boulder? Well,
0: there's CU Colorado Springs. There's also CU Denver now. Oh, I'm aware. I don't like when people call... C- I thought just this refer was a pet s- peeve of yours. <laughs> no, I, my pet peeve is when people just refer to CU to just calling it Boulder. Like, uh. oh, did you go to Boulder? Oh, Because right. to me, I think of Boulder High School because I grew up in Boulder, and sure. that's what we call Boulder High School. We have yeah. Boulder and Fairview. Gotcha. So a lot of people, uh, out-of-staters out do of, yes, I have yes. no problem with it. What I don't like is, actually, I don't care about it, but something that, like, anti-CU people try to do is call it UC Boulder. Yeah. They think that, like, (laughs) makes people mad. I don't really care about that. Um, For me, it's just when people are like, oh, I went to Boulder. Yeah, my uncle always does that. Oh, nice. Well, where'd you go to college? Because that's a high school. My uncle went to Colorado State and
1: does that, like, the University of California Boulder because it's, like, basically a California school with all, like, the beige everywhere. Beige? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, everything there is beige. Haven't you noticed? Like, all the buildings, it's kind of, like, beige? No, they're sandstone and redstone. Okay, <laughs> okay. and sandstone is kind of beige. Well... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't oh, know. It's beautiful, is what it, it is. Oh,
0: no, it's beautiful. Like, there's nothing... Like, beige I, no, just doesn't they sound good, I be- guess. They say that because, like, so many kids from California go there. Yeah,
1: and also everything is beige. Like, all the schools in California.
0: Also, did you know that California, um, of all the states second most downloads we have outside of Colorado are, is California.
3: Interesting. Huh, interesting. Yeah.
0: So don't hate surprised. on California. Yeah. I'm not Those hating. Those are our people. Alright, next question here is from Mile High Mike. He says, hey guys, what are the top three Broncos games you're anticipating this season based on fun to watch or how impactful the game will be? He says, "Mine, for example number four at Green Bay number or sorry, number three at Green Bay, number two he actually says number three is retired for Mr. B, which is a little different in this uh, case. <laughs> That's a reoccurring theme on the podcast, Andre, if you, you look a little perplexed. Yep. So number three is at Green Bay. Number two is versus Browns. And number one is versus Raiders. Um, and he says the second game against the Raiders. So, so the final regular season game. For me, top three. Um. Yeah, top one has to be week one. Yep. At Oakland. 100%. Last game we'll play at the Coliseum most likely, right? <laughs> that's what everyone said last year. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, most likely the last game there. And then it's also just week one. It's against the Raiders. Yep. It's yep. unfortunately at 830. Um, but those are always fun, those Monday nighters. So yeah. that's uh, that's definitely got to be up there. And then I think you got the other two with me. Browns and, and – oh, actually – No, I like at Green Bay. Those will be fun.
1: Yeah, when I look through the schedule, there's there's that first Broncos game, opening the season on Monday Night Football against the Raiders. Like, yeah, we all agree. Honestly, like that that last one too, against the Raiders. But uh, Mm -hmm. outside of that, there are a lot of games I'm interested in, but none that really like jump out above the others. Like Fangio against the Bears, going playing the Packers. Mm -hmm. Like Jags defense, even like off that start, Chiefs are always fun. but, yeah, I think I, I like the Browns, too. I want to see what the Browns can do, and I want to see what they can do against the Broncos. Um,
3: when the Chiefs come here October 17th, that's Ooh, one that I – Is that That, that was national? my other one. It's played at 6.20 p.m., so it must so be. Yeah, is yeah. that
0: yep. Thursday or a Sunday?
3: I don't know. This schedule I'm looking at doesn't
0: tell me. You don't me know what October so. 17th is? I don't know. <laughs> <Off the soccer laughs> <lobby area, laughs> I do not. It, Zach probably would. He'd be like, oh, yeah, oh I have a goodness. haircut planned that. that day. It's I Thursday. Think that,
1: yeah, it's a Thursday.
0: Thursday night, football against the Chiefs. Zach would know. And I, that's I, I, a home game? Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that's my other one. I'd go Raiders to open the season, Chiefs in Denver, and then Browns in Denver. So what
0: week is that? Week six? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay, week seven. Man, if the Broncos are just above water at that point. That could be a huge game. Yeah. And it's the week before they're by. No, no, it's
3: not. This schedule is killing
0: w- me. Right? Yeah, I gotta find a better schedule. I think you guys are good there. Yeah, yeah. that might be a little more exciting than going to Lambo. Although I am personally excited to go to Lambo. Yeah, that's personally. reasonable. But right? It's so weird. There's like, it's like hard to get there. I'm like, how is this an NFL city that's like hard to access? There's like hardly any hotels. It's very weird. Huh? Yeah, I mean, Green Bay
3: is like kind like, of an anomaly. How did they
0: get an NFL city there?
3: They've just managed to keep it. I don't know. It's yeah. amazing. Why it's one of the great things in sports.
1: Because, like, uh, back in
0: the day, like I
1: bet it w- it's Green Bay, baby. Like, they weren't trying to fill 50,000 seats. They're fill- trying to fill,
0: like, 500 seats back in, like, the 60s. Yeah.
1: You know? Can and you so, so they've just held on to
0: it. Can you think of one thing in Green Bay that's iconic other than the Lambeau, Field. And Lambeau Field? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, nothing. Green Bay, there's probably, Obviously. like, water there. It's probably, like, on a lake if there's a bay. In my opinion, like I don't don't even know know if there's like (laughs) skyscrapers there. Context. I doubt it. Yeah, there's definitely not like like skyscrapers, but like high-rise buildings. I doubt it. Yeah, I'll come back with the report. Yeah, please do, please do. (laughs) Now I'm excited for that. Green Bay and Canton, canton, there's like two two cities that are like really difficult to access. Yeah, It's kind of annoying to me. Anyways, that's just my personal annoyance. Fair. All right. From Dan Burke, just listen to the Bleacher Report podcast ranking front offices in the NFL. <coughs> Matt Miller, who is a Chiefs homer masquerading as a Niners fan, has the Broncos front office ranked at dot, 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 27th. He didn't go into detail. All he said is they haven't been able to find a quarterback. He credits Super Bowl fifty entirely to Manning and didn't say anything about Elway's late-round picks and UDFAs being huge contributors to that defense. Again, nothing on Elway and the Broncos having two promising draft classes in recent years, nothing on getting his top two head coaching candidates on his staff this year, and nothing on poaching a coach from Kyle Shanahan despite several other teams trying and failing to do the same. The real kicker is that he has Bruce Allen and Dan Snyder at number 21. Yeesh. He criticized Elway for not being able to find a QB and has Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen ranked six spots higher. That's when I stopped listening. That's pretty how it, can you rank a front office that has a Super Bowl? Well, and has gone to the Super bottom Bowl five, and has how
3: many division titles? Yeah,
1: it's just recency bias. It's just no, like it's the, the last—I mean, LA
3: gets so much hate, but it's really unwarranted.
0: It just—I—I I hate when people say like, "Well, if you take away Manning, it's just like you if you take away everyone's best accomplishments, most of them suck." Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's if like you if took you away you, Belichick, or if you took away Brady, yeah, probably the Patriots. You right. Know, yeah, like, you've got the Belichick's record his best front Yeah. Front office,
3: actually, when you take away Brady and Belichick, yeah, like. it's like you
0: uh. can't you can't rip people of it. like uh, the reason that Peyton Manning came to Denver was because of Elway. So you he deserves partial credit, if not you mm. know the majority of the credit for everything that happened thereafter. Yeah. Well, and the well, team he put together exactly. around Peyton,
1: exactly that defense.
3: Nothing else. Right. But, then, the,
0: but then the detractors will just tell you, yeah, but. Those players only came because they wanted to play with Peyton. Well, Peyton only came because of John Elway. Well, not only, but at least he had a big part of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, John Elway's the one that sold Peyton on coming to Denver. To an 8-8 eight and eight team that right. barely snuck
3: into the playoffs.
0: With a bunch of psycho fans cheering for the quarterback that wasn't oh, that good. Right?
1: Yeah, he was, yeah
0: i mean honestly
3: parlayed decker and dt who'd done nothing at that point in their careers to be like hey you you
0: like these guys you have to imagine Uh, like it's insane in retrospect you have to imagine that in one in that meeting that in one of the meetings that john elway and peyton manning had he was like dude we went eight and eight with that guy like did did you watch tim tebow look how bad tebow (laughs) is we'll never lose another game again if we have you (laughs) I mean, the Broncos had never
3: been at a lower point when Elway came. They're drafting second overall. They fired McDaniels. We don't know what's happening at quarterback. There's, like, Tebow around. Yeah, that's seriously and an all-time low. In a year, they go 8-8, eight and eight, win a playoff game, and he's able to get Manning. That, like, calendar year turnaround that Elway was able to manage once he started to,
0: you know, That free agency is amazing. We should have led with this for we get mad Wednesday. We should have. That's, it's just it's recency bias, but it's also just willful ignorance. Like you're just choosing to ignore facts that would prove there's just you can like knock L A like maybe he was like top five before the last three years totally and and now he's like thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth. You know, like you can you can say like okay, well like. All of that was great, but we need to see him bounce back from post Manning. Like yeah, I can deal with that's, that. That's, you can't say he's one of the five worst front offices in the NFL because yeah, of that's absolutely insane.
1: And that's how kind of what I was thinking is like, well, maybe he has to do it again, prove he can build teams twice, and the first one wasn't a fluke. But then I thought he kind of did build a super team when he or a second team when he built that defense. Yeah, hundred like percent. He flipped everything around yes. and rebuilt from the ground up with yes. Peyton Manning there. But in that two was, years, in two years, right.
0: Yeah, it's pretty absurd. Yeah, A- and and I mean he points it out here to put Bruce Allen and Dan Snyder at twenty one. I mean, think of the, yeah, the no. accomplishments yeah. that Elway has and the feathers in his cap that are there. That that they don't even have one of those. Th- like they don't yeah. even have the division titles. I don't even
3: think. No, no, for sure.
0: So Elway had what six AFC West titles? Sounds right. Um,
3: two AFC
0: crowns. Two, of, two AFC championships. One Super, Super Bowl, Bowl championship. In
1: yeah. how many years?
0: Eight years? Seven years? Eight years. I In, well, I guess, yeah, if you take out the years. last three. Or is that with the last three? With the last three. So it's been, yeah. I mean... That's crazy. I mean, crazy. Yeah. You, if you probably rank that the accomplishments up against all the yeah. other front offices, he'd probably be second. Yeah. He should be top five. Like, hands down. So, yeah, I mean, I understand like, that he's, he's had trouble finding of- the next quarterback. He's had some very bad draft classes. Bad draft picks, but you have to look at the full body of work,
3: right? And everyone has trouble finding a quarterback. Like, welcome to life. Yeah, it's the hardest thing to do. As a franchise that doesn't have a Hall of Famer. Yep. Yep. And when you're drafting in the late late part of every round because you've won seven division crowns or
0: whatever it is, and you have Paxton Lynch,
1: yeah, it's harder to draft. You have Paxton and, like and Brock Osweiler. That's you have to just hope the one deal. of them works out.
0: So, yeah. like, if we were doing this for the NBA, would you say that uh, Tim Connolly would end up in the top ten? Probably uh, for no, because Jokic bias. was a fluke. Well, okay. yeah, that's that's his. Well, let's take. But, let's get rid but of but that. no. But probably
3: because of recency bias, he would and has what one playoff appearance.
0: Well, and, and what I'm saying here is the only reason that happened, the only reason he would be in the top ten right now, is yeah. because of Nikola Jokic. Yep, and it, this isn't necessarily a knock on tim Connolly, but nicole Jokic, there's luck involved there yeah like, of course it's not like he thought when he picked him in the second round oh this guy could be a top five nba player he right. thought like oh this guy has some nice tools right so I wonder what he
1: could turn into if things break what right. i'm
0: what i'm saying here is like he he technically found his quarterback and it was just luck yep but now he's a top 10 front office in the nba and like
1: probably higher than that i mean was he second in executive of the year voting this year Was he? I think he was. So
0: there you go. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. And there's just, like, there's luck involved in this stuff. In the NBA, it's finding superstars. They're really hard to find in the draft if you're not in the top. Well, he got lucky and found one. Yeah. All right. Next one here is from Broncos since 84 He says, hey, guys, you're all doing a great job. It's been a while since I commented, so I guess I'll catch up on a couple of topics. this is a long one. It says, one, my jersey story. I went into a store with the intentions of buying a Mariner's hat that I was going to uh, as I was going to a game that night. Came out buying a Ken Griffey Jr. number retirement hat, a Broncos hat, and a Von Miller oh, wow. uh, jersey. Nice. Their credit card machine was down, so they had to use a, the old paper copy style. A week later, I was checking my account and noticed that I hadn't been charged from it. I called them up to see what was going on. They said they didn't have any way to check on this, so I got two hats and a jersey all for free. Dang. Wow. Two, I was born in Colorado, though not raised there. I became a fan in 84 when I first started watching football. I could have gone with the Seahawks, but wanted to represent the place I was born. Nice. Three, R.I.P. Mr. B. Four football question: Going division by division, which team on paper upgraded their offense the most, and which team upgraded their defense the most? We'll just do the A- we'll just do the AFC West. We're not going doing that for every division in football. Um, sorry for such long fo- long post. Have fun and be safe. What do you guys think? Which hmm. team in the AFC West upgraded their offense the most this offseason? Raiders.
3: Just because the standard was so low to start yep. with.
0: So they add Antonio Antonio Brown and Josh Jacobs to nothing. Well, Uh, and uh, the left tackle, Trent Brown, right? Oh, and Trent Brown. No, he's right tackle.
3: Oh, right. right.
1: Tyrell Williams Ah. from uh, the Chargers. Okay. Another speed guy.
3: Right. Bring some size to him, too. Yep. I think those are all the notable additions.
0: And then I guess second place would be the Broncos. You add Joe Flacco. You add um, Juwan James. You add Dalton Reisner. Noah Fant. Noah Fant, yep. Juwan Winfrey.
1: Juwan Winfrey. Winfrey. Hopefully.
0: Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I think it's hard hard to beat the Raiders. And then which team upgraded their defense the most in the AFC West?
1: I think it's the Raiders again. What did they do? So, obviously, Brandon Marshall from the Broncos. Doesn't help. Also (laughs) added Vontez Perfect. Doesn't help. Okay, there we go. Landon Collins. Okay. No. Isn't Landon Collins there? No, he went to the Skins. That's right. Who who was the safety they got? Lamarcus. They drafted
3: a bunch of guys.
1: I don't know. Oh, let's see. Raiders defense. They I know they added
3: Cleveland Farrell, they added Jonathan Abram, they added Max Crosby. I mean, these are all draft picks, you know.
0: I tough to say. I mean I think the Broncos adding Bryce Callahan, Kareem Jackson.
3: Kareem Jackson. That's probably the obvious one is the Broncos.
1: It was Lamarcus Joyner that they added.
3: I don't think
0: they're, I mean, I mean, I'm not the giving the Raiders any credit for signing Brandon Marshall. You could say that, <sighs> but Ch- it's like an Chiefs? upgrade, though. They'd Maybe you they s- they have such a
1: bad defense.
3: You like could say the Chiefs who've completely reshaped their defense. Mm. Yeah, but they I think their they've defense, lost so much. It's kind of an yeah. Awe. I
0: think their defense ends up being worse than it was last year. I I, I think that's very yeah. possible. What they did is a future move. Which I don't understand, when you're in a Super Bowl. Oh, window. you don't see him as win now moves. I don't think so because to me, it's going to take multiple years for them to get the right personnel for that four three.
3: Well, that's what they tried to do. They're they getting ch- rid of D four. I know. They're I know adding Ogba. They're adding who are the other guys? They, they made s- they
0: made some moves, but it doesn't. It's yeah. not that easy to just do that in one year. No, no. It totally. usually takes. It, it'll probably be. Well, Not this year, but next year, their defense will be better.
3: And they added the honey badger in the secondary. I mean, my thing is what they reshaped. Right, that's true. I mean, every addition had a subtraction. Right, right, right. right. So it's hard to make the argument that they actually. Well, and what they did was they switched up the unit that led the league in sacks. Sacks. They were like, oh, we're going to change this area, and it's going to make our defense better when it's like, whoa, whoa. That actually was the one good part of your defense.
0: I think it was just kind of like a Raheem Moore situation with D Ford. Like he couldn't, he couldn't be there anymore after that offside penalty. Yeah, that's mm, crazy. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Then yeah, did so the I Chargers. Mean, I, do I guess
3: anything? It's, it's the Broncos. They added Jerry Tillery, who I think yeah. is a great add, but the Chargers didn't need does that to do move like, the needle right. The
0: only thing the Chargers can do to be better is not be the Chargers,
3: right? And let the young guys develop and take the next step.
0: But like, but right, Like, don't shoot yourself in the foot. Classic Chargers style. They're going to somehow and like start zero oh four. Yeah. Like, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> yep. All right. Next one's from Sacomatic. So let me start by saying I don't watch The Bachelorette. But four roses? Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <it's laughs> That's great. incredible. He says, I honestly don't watch the show, but my girlfriend tells me about it every week. At first, I didn't care and would show interest to make her feel better about her rants. Now I find myself looking forward to the latest and greatest drama from the terrible Luke P. Why it, don't you just watch that's what with we her want, so you Yeah, no,
1: it's such a great show.
0: Lastly, how does a guy go about finding any of those Breckenridge brews if we're not in Colorado? Thanks again and keep up the great work. Well, it depends on where exactly you are, um, but. I know there's total wines all over the place, and Breckenridge has carried it at, at those. Um, but I would just, like, around, like, when I was in Boulder, we had in a liquor store called, um, I forget, uh, <laughs> for some reason <laughs> right now. But, like, it was the biggest one, and they had everything there. Apple Jacks? No. Like, you go to the place, <sighs> Hazels. You Hazels. go to the place, like, near you that is the biggest liquor store, they're probably going to have. Yeah,
1: because they say they have it in 35 states. So there so should be something near you,
0: unless you live in like Montana. I bet you they have it in Montana. Yeah, I mean it's close. There's a good chance. Montana's kind of like a beer state, isn't it? Yeah, that, <laughs> got that. Lots of Moostruel. beer people.
1: Moose Druel, yes. I know um, a
0: Montana thing. You do. We're gonna have to work on that. That's Impressive. my that's my one there. Montana thing. someone's like, oh, I'm from Montana. My God, like, oh, you have moose moose. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, okay, uh, but yeah, good. Let, let us know if you if you have any trouble finding it. Maybe you can just order some online. Yeah. Is that a thing? Can you I have order no alcohol idea. online. Well, I mean, you can use the if total, total beverage be and have it delivered to, to you. Uh, there you go. But I don't know if you can, like, order it across state lines. I would guess not. Who knows? I don't know. For Mad Dog 19, 1988, I'm not sure if you guys covered this yet, but what do you think of Adam Frank's prediction of the Broncos at 2 and 14? I have to assume you're a new listener to this podcast because we <laughs> only ripped that for about a whole week. Yeah. <laughs> I feel it's absolutely ridiculous to predict that. You would have to try to be that bad. The 2010 Broncos were garbage with a terrible coach and terrible defense. Kyle Orton had a ton of yards, but it was all in junk time. As terrible as that team was, they still won four games. That was the worst team I've ever seen. I don't feel the 2019 Broncos are that bad. I think 8-8 eight and eight is a fair prediction. I hope you guys have a fun time in Wisconsin when you come here for week two. We're just talking about that. Right. Look for me. I'll be the only person wearing a Jake Plummer jersey, LOL. Let us know if there are um, tall buildings in Green Bay. That's right. <laughs> Get at us. Um... Yeah, I mean the two and fourteen. It's hard to go two and fourteen. It's yeah, legitimately I mean, difficult. So
3: many things would have to go really, really wrong like, for that to how occur. Think how bad the five and eleven yeah. season was.
0: Yep, I cannot imagine it being any worse ever. It couldn't be. It just blows my t- my mind that a team could be that bad. Insane. Yeah, there, there's no way this team this team.
3: Can't wait to watch every game three times and write the grades on that that season. <laughs> <laughs> I Sign mean, it, me you up. know,
0: it would be really fun. though, is the was the off season with the number one overall pick. That would be fun. But yeah, that'd be crazy. Tua, we're talking about like uh, not Tua. Love Tua. Can you? Tr- I wish you could just trade that number one overall pick for the next year's number one overall pick so yeah. you can get Trevor Lawrence. I'm a big Tua uh, guy. If only, if only. Okay, uh, this one is really long, but I don't think we have to read all of it. Comes in from Super Bowling. He says something that really grinds my gear. Why does Sutton get so much hate on the national level? I mean, Henry today said that the Broncos would be the worst receiving core in the league if if Cortland Sutton was their number one receiver.
1: I mean, without Emmanuel Sanders.
0: Yeah, that might be factually. Great. I know. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's the Super Bowl's gears are probably ground when you said that. <laughs> oh, I sure hope not. I'm sorry, Super Bowl. He says I'm heavy. I'm heavy diving into. Wait, I'm heavy into fantasy football. Dynasty Dynasty fantasy fantasy football. football. Man, I'm all over the place. And it became clear to me that the general consensus is that he had a terrible season last year, despite finishing for rookies top five in receptions, top three in yards, top six for TDs. I'm frustrated with this, so I started to look outside fantasy to see what people were saying, and I found it as a consistent consistent theme in the NFL world, too. So much free time on my hands, I went back and started researching his statistical performance to previous rookies and how they are doing now. Below, I compared side by side Sutton's stats to other wide receivers that people are really high on. Okay, so he ri- rattles off—I mean, a ton of stats. Yeah, you guys should go in the comment section and check this out. Yeah, he compares
1: Sutton's it. rookie year with Stephon Diggs over his career, compared to Corey Davis, uh,
0: Chris Godwin, Chris Godwin, Kenny, Kenny Galladay. Galladay. Uh, yeah, I mean, tons of guys here that I'm—I'm I'm sure that he proves that they are statistically comparable. He says, as one can see, the Denver bias is still alive and large. Sutton either had better stats than some of these guys who everyone loves or had something similar. To further break it down, if Sutton was a rookie in 2017, he would have ranked top four in yards, top four in catches, top three in TDs. If Sutton was a rookie in 2016, he would have ranked top four in yards, top four in catches, and top four in TDs. I definitely agree with Zach's predictions about Sutton. I also think his prediction from Hamilton is too low. In 2017, Flacco targeted the slot 173 times, according to Next Gen Stats. Yeah, well, those targets were going to the tight end. Yep. I expect a big year from both of our guys. Let's also not forget that they played with Case last year, so the stats could have even been higher. Sorry if my caffeine-induced rabbit holes too much. Just really annoyed with the rest of the NFL. Yeah, I mean Cortland Sutton. Is a step forward away from being a complete hit as a draft yeah, pick for sure, and a flat step away from being a, a questionable pick. Scary. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So That's a fair way to put it. But he it. had seven hundred yards. Like when you talk about rookies, most of them don't break five hundred yards.
1: Yeah. No. It was solid. And to go back to uh, the Flacco targeting the slot one hundred seventy three times. Yeah, Deshaun Hamilton's your slot receiver, but Emmanuel Sanders is going to get time there. The Broncos' tight ends are going to get time in the slot. Yeah. They're going to put Fant out there. So that doesn't mean 173 times just for Deshaun Hamilton.
3: I expect three wide receiver sets to be down this year than they were under McCoy and uh, Musgrave. Yeah,
0: you're definitely going to see way more two tight end. Way more. I mean, that's gonna. Uh, it's going to be almost every play, I think. 100%. And if it's not two tight ends, you're going to have two backs.
3: And a tight end and two wideouts. Huh. They could go, I mean like Jano's gonna play. It's crazy more, right? to think
0: about though is they go if they went two tight ends and then had Sutton and Tim Patrick as the two wide receivers, that is a huge so lineup. Big. Absolutely. Absolutely. So big. I mean you've got so you're gonna have four guys catching the ball over six foot five on the field. Yeah, that's crazy. Or six foot four. Sounds good to me, actually. Sign me up. Yeah, I, I mean, really like the, sign to the sound not, of that. And you're gonna run, and you're gonna be able to run like yeah. crazy.
3: Well, Patrick might be the fastest of that entire receiving core, depending on Taking how healthy Sanders yeah. comes back.
0: So that's it's at least something
1: to try if Sanders isn't back from the beginning of the season. Especially if you're yeah. going
0: up against a team with a small secondary. Yep, and those two mm-hmm. guys can just bully them. And, and like the Packers, right? And you get your, you know, your those two tight ends to the second level. Well, that's a way to exploit a strength of Sutton's is get him out blocking. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know? And that's something that Azani also prides himself on. Right. Is helping those guys become great blockers. Right. And even, even you know, with Noah Fant being a, I guess, average to below average blocker, like, you have him on, like, small secondary players. He's going to win those matchups. Right. Totally. Yeah. Sounds pretty good.
3: I like it. Sign me up. You got me. Ex- you just found a way to get me excited about the offense. That's pretty pretty impressive.
0: <laughs> All right, Broncos film room. How the Broncos can use a massive set to have success. Ooh, I'd love that. It's like the opposite of the NBA. Going yeah. big ball. Yeah,
1: totally.
3: I Forget
0: mean, small like ball. the Nuggets, though.
1: <laughs> Jokic at center. You put Bull Bull at the four. Michael <laughs> Porter Jr. at the three. They say you can play some two. Yeah, that's no, oversized. You can put Bull Bull at the two. Put Bull Ma- Bull at the two. Put Paul Millsap at the four. Then you can have
0: Jeremy Grant.
1: Oh, Jeremy Grant. Ah, love that guy.
0: Really love that guy. Yeah, the super-sized lineup. All right, anyways, I think that's going to wrap it up for us on a podcast where there's never a tie and someone tie. always doesn't get a rose. Sorry, Andre. Sorry, Andre. Just kidding.
1: It's okay. <laughs> I mean, Allie, too. We could also pull Allie's rose. She was
0: on here for a minute. And then she just thought she was like a part of the podcast yeah, no, all of a sudden. we had to push her away. <laughs> Dre got
1: to stay.
3: I did. I did. <laughs> You're not going to read this last question?
0: There's another question? There's the a yeah, buzzer beater? This
3: is the buzzer beater, yeah. Oh wow, I did I not mean, see the buzzer beater. Seven hours ago, so not that much of a buzzer beater.
0: No, those the hours things aren't correct. Oh All right. gotcha. Alright, I will read the last question. Okay. Comes in from Steve Atwater Hall of Fame, courtesy of Andre for pointing it out. I'm dying for football news and I found myself researching the XFL. I find it interesting that they will allow high school players to be selected, as well as players being forced to sit out a year when they, tra- are, uh, when they transfer or are deemed academically ineligible by the NCAA. It also allows players to make $75,000 and get professional training to prepare for the next level. This model seems like to make it a college alternative as opposed to an NFL alternative. For that reason, I love the idea. I think that one thing that makes the NFL so fun is the parity among teams. I find college to be less entertaining, given the bowl games, limited postseason, and the same Alabama versus Clemson championship that reminds me of the NBA super team model, and I find that extremely boring. You have to find di- a different way to love college football. If you're like trying to love it as a product as a whole, especially as an NFL fan, you're going to be disappointed. You have to love First college football for the tra- for the traditions. You have to love college football for well, your alma mater. You have to Bam love- And then
3: Clemson just need to lose one game, and boom, their shot at a natty's gone.
0: Uh, it's more like two in today's day and age. Sadly, yes. But, yeah. but uh, that's not what college football is all about. College football is a totally different. Like, like you, you have to get
1: excited about a Pac-12 title.
0: Like you can be like a CSU fan and love college football because you love the thing. Like you love like the cannon or whatever.
3: I guess. Yeah,
0: that's true. (laughs) Got our uh, resident fan. I mean,
3: there's so much
0: debate, too, to be had in college football. College football is just amazing. I love college football. true. But anyways, he goes on. Do you think this would lead to changes in the NCAA, such as paying players? Will it finally rob the blue bloods of five-star recruits and create more parity among college teams? Definitely not that. Um, What you will see, I think, is players who are pretty good, um, who struggle academically and can't get into some of these schools – instead of going the JUCO route, yep. going to some place like the XFL where they can make money. I mean, that makes perfect sense. It could end up really killing the JUCO Yeah, uh, that's what I see. It could end up killing these players'
3: careers. Because if they make the jump to the XFL and then the XFL goes belly up like 12 games in like the AAF.
0: Right, that's true. It has to at least you're show. You're really
3: making, taking a risk. Yeah, that's yep.
0: true. That's really true.
3: Especially high schoolers. I think that they could have a be lot
0: devastating more. for a high school kid, right? Because then you can't. It's not like you can go back. You're to done. College. You can't go back to. College. You're done. Like your freshman money.
3: season halfway through, you spent it in the XFL. Now you gotta train for two years.
0: Yeah, I guess what that'd you be could, tough. I guess what you could do um, is wait. Like the XFL, if the XFL can prove that it can make it through a whole season, they have At a better least. TV deal um, yeah. than the AAF did. They have more professional, like backing of people Mm -hmm. that they know what they're doing so it'll be a little different but yeah i mean don't be a high school kid right now who's like i'm just going to the xfl i gotta get that 75 g's no
3: i mean this is the kind of stuff that the usfl was doing i think back in the day before the usfl came around the nfl only allowed college seniors to come out and the usfl kind of changed that and was taking in sophomores and juniors and that kind of forced the nfl to change their eligibility rules and So in a way, this could be good, and it could open up the market. I don't think it'll affect college football as much as it affects the NFL if this stuff kind of – if it catches on for more than, like, eight weeks. For sure.
0: All right. Now I think that's going to wrap up the podcast that never has ties and always gives away one fewer rows than there are contestants. Sorry, Andre, again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I hope you guys have a
0: good one. And, of course, we'll be back tomorrow on the BSN Broncos podcast. We'll
4: see you then for you
1: Exactly
2: is impeding the growth of millions of small businesses in the U.S. That's why Symbiotax and Administration's goal is to enable small businesses and individuals to make informed and calculated decisions when it comes to their taxes. Symbiotax provides small business owners with expert services in resolving tax liabilities and providing financial clarity.
3: I would recommend, George, to anybody who has to deal with the IRS. His strengths and depth of knowledge make him really valuable. You know, over the course of years as a real estate broker, I've had the opportunity
4: to talk with many different tax people. But the one thing I have found with George is he was very easy to work with. He was very articulate.
2: Symbiotax is experienced in preparing returns for all income levels, as well as securing penalty abatements and settlements for qualified individuals that sometimes save the taxpayer thousands.
4: George was able to save us about $7,000, and of course, being an independent real estate broker, $7,000 is a substantial amount of
3: money, and it was really nice to get that dealt with.
2: They offer free consultations, so be sure to check out Symbiotax.com for more information. That's S-Y-M-B-I-O tax.com.